Welcome to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In episode 14, we discuss the DITA learning and training specialization. Welcome to the Content Strategy Experts podcast. I'm Gretel Kinsey, and I'm a technical consultant with Scriptorium. And I'm Simon Bate. I'm a senior technical consultant with Scriptorium. And today we're going to be talking all about the DITA learning and training specialization. So just to start off, for those who may not be familiar, what is DITA? Well, DITA is a way of tagging your content. It is XML-based, and it is because it's XML-based, it's tool-independent. It allows you to create organize and manage your content. And some of the things you can do with DITA is you can do topic-based authoring. You separate the content from the formatting. It also um, stresses principles of minimalism. And uh, there's a great deal of reuse available in DITA. So you can write a topic once, you can write a piece of information once, and reuse it in many places. And it adheres to many of the principles of structured authoring. And one of the most interesting things about DITA is the ability to do specialization. So can you go into a little bit what that means? Yeah, well, specialization is um, essentially, DITA stands for Darwin Information Typing Architecture. And the reason Darwin is there is that Darwin wrote about specialization of species. And what we do in DITA is we can specialize topics. So we start out with a basic topic type, and then we can specialize that topic type into the various Um, pieces of information that you need to encode. For instance, there's specialization for concept, specialization for task, specialization for reference. And within each of those topic types, there are special elements that are, again, specialized from the elements that are in the basic topic type. So, for instance, when you write a task, you usually write a set of steps. The task specialization has actually specialized the ordered list element from the basic topic type and made it into steps and step elements. And so the ability to specialize just gives you a whole lot more semantic value for your elements because you can customize what elements are already available in DITA. That's correct. There are specializations that actually come from DITA. They're provided for you. And then on top of those specializations, you can actually do your own specialization. So as Gretel is saying, if you have specific needs, if you have specific things you need to encode, you can create a specialization that uses those element names or even attribute values. And what we're talking about today specifically is one specialization of DITA, which is the learning and training specialization and all of the different things that that particular specialization can buy you when it comes to educational content. That's right. The learning and training specialization is another one of the topic types that is created by DITA. So it's defined for you. Now, as I was saying with the other topic types, you can specialize the learning and training specialization. How does the learning and training specialization work and what kinds of topic types does it provide? Learning and training specialization provides five basic topic types that you use for your learning and training content. There's a topic type for planning information. So in planning, that's where you set out what's your needs analysis, gap analysis, what type of training methods are you going to use, all sorts of things where you create an overview of the training itself. I hate to use the word overview because then the next type is the overview, but this is an overview that's presented to the students. 
So um, you, give, you can give the student an overview of what they're about to learn, what's going to be expected. You can use this for setting up uh, expectations about what types of things are they going to be learning. Then there's the learning content. Learning content is probably the most important area, and this is the topic type that contains the actual content, your uh, instructional information. Now on the learning content topic type, this is interesting because you can use it in two different ways, or you can actually use it both ways. All data topic types have a body, and that's where the actual information, the paragraphs, lists, tables, and things go. In learning content, you can use the body for, um, for content, or you can nest another data topic type within the learning content topic. There's a summary. In the summary, in the learning summary topic type, you can summarize uh, essentially what you just taught the student in the uh, learning content topic. Then finally, this, what I consider the second most important is the learning assessment topic type. And this is where you actually have all of your, um, the interactions with the students. You can, you can have tests, quizzes, worksheets, any number of things with the, uh, with the learning assessment topic type. And that really sets the learning and training specialization apart, I think, from the, the sort of standard or out-of-the-box data topic types is that ability to create that interaction type mm -hmm. content. That's, that's really what makes it ideal for this educational material. That's right. And because it's all semantically tagged, all the information is labeled with specifically what that information is. Within the interaction, within a learning assessment, there are several different interaction types that you can use. These are all defined by DITA. And so you can have interactions for true-false questions, single select questions, so multiple choice when one is just the right answer, multiple select questions where you have multiple choice questions where more than one can be correct. Um, there are sequencing interactions, and so that's where you take um, a list of uh, ideas and then order them into the order in which which is appropriate for the answer to the question. There's matching, so you can have two columns in, of information and have the students then match one with the other. Um, there are open question interaction types. You can ask a question that then requires um, a, a complete sentence. Um, actually, it could just be a word, a series of paragraphs, or whatever. Um, and then there's hotspot. Hotspot's an interesting one because essentially you can designate specific areas on an image and say when the user clicks on this area, this is the correct area to click for, for the answer. And so with these different assessment types, when you're delivering it in an electronic form or even uh, you know, in a print form, you can have your output transform randomize the order of the answer choices, which, mm -hmm. is, which is a very, um, a very efficient way to kind of help deliver different versions of a test. So maybe, you know, instead of a teacher having to by hand rearrange the order of the answers so students can't look over and cheat off of each other, this just randomizes the order every time you run the output. So you can very easily and automatically have different versions of the test that still have all the same content. Mm -hmm. And it's a nice thing actually for content creators because it means when you're creating the when you're creating an assessment, creating a test or a quiz, you don't have to think about the order in which they're going to be presented. You just create the questions and then you um, allow your learning management system to randomize them when they're presented. 
And that brings up another good point when you talk about learning management systems. The idea is you have your learning content presented in an orderly way by the system. You visit a web page, and then the learning management system can present assessments, pulling that content from DITA. And because the DITA content contains the answers, the correct answers too, the learning management system can allow you to um, answer questions and it right on the spot will then determine whether your response is correct or incorrect. And you can see all of this actually if you go to Scriptorium's Learning DITA site. Yes. Because there um, we use the learning management system and it uh, takes you through the course. Learning DITA is actually a really good real-world example to see all of this in action because if you go on learningdita.com, you register and it's free, and you sign up and start taking one of the courses, you'll get to see an example of those learning content topic types as you go through the course. Each topic that you read through the content and do the exercises, those are learning content topic types, and a lot of them pull in a separate topic such as a task that will have instructions for an exercise to complete. We, um, we write out the basic information or the instructional information just as part of the learning content in the body and then we nest a task topic within the um, learning content um, topic and uh, that's where we put the instruction to the students about how to, uh, how to implement the thing we're talking about in learning data. And that's a really good way to get in some of that reuse that DITA can buy you because if you're able to just pull in and nest other topics inside of your learning content, then that's a good way to make sure that you're not duplicating and you're actually reusing properly. Absolutely. And then once you get to the end of each lesson, there is an assessment that uses that learning assessment topic type. And so then you'll go through, you'll take the quiz, the learning management system will go ahead and score your quiz for you and let you move on or not, depending on whether you pass the quiz. Mm -hmm. And so if you go on that site, that gives you a good real-world view of all of these concepts. And uh, if you want to look at some source learning and training content as well, uh, we'll post the link in the show notes. We have a GitHub repository where all of the learning data content is stored. So you can see both the front end presentation through the learning management system on learningdata.com, or you can go to the GitHub site and actually look at the source. So in talking about learning data, this brings to mind some other real world examples of using the learning and training specialization and a couple of different types of organizations that may use it. Uh, one is schools and another one is just companies that have a training department that produce a lot of training content and need a way to deliver that and learning and training specialization may help them. So I wanna go a little more in depth and talk about some examples of, of those types of organizations and how the learning and training specialization may be beneficial. Mm -hmm. So let's start with schools. Well, with schools, actually, the stuff we've been developing for schools uh, isn't just learning and training specialization. There's the, the beauty of DITA is that DITA can cover such a wide range of content. For a school, we can create regular DITA content that contains policy information and even some instructional information for the for the teachers or instructors with the schools. Then we can also use DITA and the learning and training specialization to cover worksheets and things like that. 
Um, and this actually gets us down the road into specialization. So for the schools, they have worksheets with a wide variety of question types. There are the, the question types that I outlined, true, false, single select, sequencing, matching, and so on. But we found with the school, there are a number of other topic types, such as completion, where you may have a question with a blank or two blanks in the middle, and the student's supposed to answer, um, put in the correct word. Um, so we've created a specialization that handles that, as well as another part of the specialization, we found um, grammar sheets where the student was supposed to mark up particular places on the sheet. And we've created um, an additional specialization that allows us to indicate what markup the student should place on in particular pieces of text. And that's another really great benefit to DITA is that ability to specialize, you can always further specialize learning and training, even though it's already a specialization. You can continue to customize that and take that even further. And as Simon was saying, if you find that you've got some learning content and you've got assessment types that maybe are not covered by the default ones that are provided by DITA, then you can always create a specialization so that you can handle those particular types of questions. So the, the learning and training specialization is really kind of more of a starting point and not a limitation on what kinds of, of questions that you can have on your tests. Mm -hmm. When it comes to how schools might use learning and training, we've talked a little bit about how it benefits them in the source. And as you mentioned, being able to use DITA for both actual learning content, but also some of their other internal stuff like policy allows them to have all of their source content together in one repository, which is really beneficial. Um, I also want to talk about the ways that using DITA and particularly learning and training specialization can help schools on the output side. So what kinds of outputs are available with learning and training? We've talked a little bit about electronically with e-learning content, but we also can do print-based that's right. And with, uh, with uh, anything in DITA, actually, there, you can output to many, many different f output forms. Uh, so on the print side or standard DITA side, there is um, always PDF. So we can use that for print or printable documentation. We can also output HTML. So one of the real advantages we have in the print is we can, and because the learning and training specialization contains not just the questions, but also the correct answers too, we can print a regular worksheet for a student, and then we can also print a worksheet key for the teacher, which actually contains the correct answers. And of course, with the flexibility of, built into the PDF and all the control we have, we can do nice things like make the correct answer appear in red so it's easier for the for the teacher to see when they're grading papers. And this really helps also if you have students who are both taking courses in the classroom and then others who may be taking courses electronically from home, you can deliver the exact same content to them and you can only have to create it one time instead of developing you know, a separate content set mm -hmm. for your e-learners versus your classroom learners. So we've talked about schools, but we also want to get into other organizations that have training content and that may use the learning and training specialization. So can you maybe talk a little bit about an example of that? Mm -hmm. Well, um, when we're talking about uh, organizations that aren't schools, often we're talking about adult students, adult learners. 
And so one of the, the subtle differences is when we're creating things for um, the classroom, usually we're creating instructional content that the teacher may use, and we just print that out for the, for the teacher, and then there's the usual assessment content. When we're talking in the corporate setting or other training environments, um, there is often an instructor, but also you have a great, you have much more um, printed or support material that goes with the class. So usually you're not just attending the class, there's a, a book or um, a, a series of handouts of uh, the content that's being, in, being taught. And so again, with the flexibility of DITA and DITA output, we can create that content specifically for workbooks, or we can create content that's actually for the instructors. And again, there we can, depending on how the information is tagged, you can have um, some content that still includes notes that are specifically for the instructor within the class. And um, with the student handouts, then that information is not present. And I know another couple of examples that I've seen with companies. One is when a company has training content, sometimes a training department may need to produce a video from that. So that content could then be reused as a video script mm -hmm. and people could you know, kind of read from that and have the narration for a video match what's in your data source that gets printed and handed out during these you know, training sessions. And another similar example is if there is presentation content. So if you need to take content from DITA and reuse it in things like PowerPoint presentations, mm -hmm. um, having it organized according to the learning and training specialization could really go a long way toward helping with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, in terms of uh learning management system presentation. We talk about video and other types of uh, content. Um, with DITA and learning and training specialization, you can actually embed that content in your training content. So you can have um, a block of text that the student needs to read and then actually embed a video or a, um, a PowerPoint or a flash animation or a number of different things so that you can present the user, present the, the reader with information in many different ways. What are some considerations that companies should take into account before they implement a DITA workflow that uses the learning and training specialization? Well, the first thing they need to consider actually is just the plain DITA concerns. Absolutely. And in there, um, you know, one of the most important things we see about DITA is you don't want to just jump into DITA because it's the in thing. or you know, it's, You've read about it on other sites and you think, oh, we should be using DITA too. Really, we, we strongly recommend that you use DITA as part of an overall content strategy plan. Exactly. Um, one thing that that really makes sure of is that you are going to be using DITA because it fits your company's needs and business goals. And as Simon mentioned, not just because it's the in thing to do or mm -hmm. because everyone else is doing it. Um, DITA is not a decision to be taken lightly because there is an implementation, there is a learning curve. Absolutely. So yeah, you need to have the resources um, in order to support people using DITA. And another thing to keep in mind when it comes to DITA as well is that by resources, we don't just mean financial, we also mean time. Time, people. 
And then in addition to the basic data concerns, there are the actual concerns about um, learning and training. And first off, the important thing to do is to look carefully at learning and training specialization and make sure that there's a match with your content and that, you're, that most of your stuff can be actually handled into learning and training specialization or with, with specialization of your own to handle it. Um, or perhaps you might look at it and say, well, it covers 95%, but the remaining 5% we can change, we can modify so that it actually fits within what uh, the learning and training specialization requires. One other concern about uh, using learning and training specialization is not so much the DITA concern, but if you're going to be using the learning and training specialization for e-learning presentation, you also have to select a learning management system. There's a wide variety of learning management systems out there with a, a wide variety of price and a wide variety of capabilities. Um, and another, another really important thing, and this is both a data and a learning and training specialization concern, is just that you have acceptance among your content creators. It's not just a matter of swapping out the tool, you need to also get some buy-in. And that's why it's so important to have that content strategy and that business case for implementing DITA up front, because without that, it will be a lot more difficult to get that acceptance from your content creators, and you'll have a lot more struggles with managing the change of going over to DITA. So even though it may have a lot of benefits just on the surface, it's really important to think more specifically about how it can benefit you and your organization. Well, thank you, Simon, for joining me and talking about the learning and training specialization today. Sure. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and as we mentioned, you can go on learningdita.com to see an example of learning and training content. You can also go on the GitHub repository for learning data and look at the source, and we will put links for both of those in the show notes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links.